Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner in the M&A and Private Equity Group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Ryan Farkas. Ryan is the Managing Director of the M&A and Capital Markets Group at BDO Canada. Ryan, I'd like to welcome you and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mario. It's uh, you know it's, it's great to be here, and uh, you know uh, many times a listener, and uh, obviously first time uh, joining you. So uh, you know I can chalk this up as uh, a key milestone in my career here, joining the uh, the ultimate <laughs> the, the ultimate mid market M and A podcast. Right. You know, we always start our podcast by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves, and. This is a sign that we're both getting old, but you've been a middle market deal maker for a long time in our marketplace, which is a compliment, but also a sign of old age. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm you know, excited to get your perspective today. We've been doing deals uh, opposite and on the same side for many years, and um, you know, uh, great to have your perspective. So we, like I said, we start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and about uh, your practice at uh, BDO. Um, so we'll start there. Yeah, absolutely, Mario. Uh, absolutely. So, um, you know, ultimately, as you said, I've been doing uh, mid-market private deals um, for, uh, you know, 15 plus years now. A bit of a reformed accountant, so still sit, uh, you know, within an accounting firm. Uh, and uh, really, throughout my career, I've, uh, you know, moved to, to BDO about, uh, I guess it would have been seven years ago and was was previously for a little longer than that at, uh, at one of the other accounting firms. But the common thread throughout has been, you know, private M and A. I think you know learned pretty quickly that the the pace of uh, the more traditional accountancy type work was uh, was not what uh, what got me out of bed every day. So they have been doing private M and A deals, and and ultimately, I think that you know the best part about it is working with uh, owners and entrepreneurs, and you know through some form of transaction, and that's really the focus of uh, you know our group at uh, at BDO. We'd be a team of uh, you know I'm, I'm going to say about uh, fifty or so strong across the country that. You know, really have carved out a, a spot in the market, which has been very active, as we all know, over the last number of years. But you know, we focus on on transactions that you know would range from say ten at the low end to one hundred fifty million at the at the top end. Um, you know, as you know, the kind of the complexity and the variety of you know what transactions look like, I think, has evolved over uh, the last decade plus. But uh, you know, usually working with solely held or closely held private companies where an owner, you know, needs to solve a problem through a transaction. And, and again, you know, that's what's so fun about it. It uh, forces you to to be creative on every deal. I like to say they're all the same, but they're all different. Ryan, I, I, given the context of the times and your, uh, you know, your deep experience in the middle market, I'm going to jump in. You know, we talk about this particular market with all the stuff that's going on in the world, interest rates, inflation, war in Ukraine, all these macro forces that seem to be pulling at the economy. I wanted to get your perspective. You're running a national group. You got a lot of visibility in terms of mid-market activity, given your expertise and your years of service. I'm curious, but I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more about your perspective on what you're seeing in the market, what you're working on, given, you know, the visibility that you have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, it's probably a question that, uh, you know, everybody that listens to your podcast is asking themselves every day. I mean, the, you know, we we are seeing a quickly evolving market. Uh, I think that, you know, that's one thing that's been a common thread through the last couple of years in that it seems that you know, every every quarter something changes, and and obviously it's been a you know a, an extremely active market as everybody knows over the last eighteen months. But ultimately, I think the 
you know, in the last quarter or so driven by some of those factors you mentioned, you know, things have evolved yet again. And I think what we're seeing real time on transactions um, is, is I think that the, you know, the lens and the scrutiny has increased through diligence. I, I think if you went back uh, a couple of quarters, uh, you know, a buyer's going to find an issue and, and more importantly, be perhaps, you know, find a way to drive through it. And I think what we're seeing now, at least on some of our deals is, you know, issues are being talked about more. Um, and again, that might mean, you know, a discussion around uh, around structure. It might mean a discussion around price. Uh, it, it might mean, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, the, the buyer is not comfortable, you know, with the deal as, uh, you know, has constructed broadly. So I, I think that, you can never you can never use kind of one brush to paint everything, but uh, I think what we're seeing is that the the volatility in the market and the uncertainty has buyers asking themselves, "Am I under LOI with the right deal, with the right structure, at the right price? Um, you know, or uh, or are there other risks that I need to be considering?" And I think that uh, you know that has that has the market on edge. Um, you know, you have other stakeholders, of course. I think the lending environment is shifting a little bit. I think our banks have, uh, you know, remained at least outwardly expressing kind of a desire to lend, and you know, but I think they're starting to find ways to to pick their spots, and and I think all that, you know, has created uh, an environment where if you've got something under LOI, you want to get it closed as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and I think that you know even maybe more importantly for new things that we're we're talking to owners about or, or new deals that we're thinking about bringing to market, I think collectively as deal makers, we're really trying to place an emphasis on understanding, you know, what impact this market would have on that specific asset. And I think that's where the uncertainty really can impact your thoughts around um, how am I going to price this, uh, you know, with an owner? How are we going to present this to the market? And how is some of the uncertainty uh, going to impact the specific opportunity? I've also been noticing, Ryan, that deals are starting to take a little longer. Uh, There's more intense diligence are you seeing that kind of what I'll call a more focused lens of a buyer also play itself out on multiples? Or are you seeing any differences when it comes to valuations yet or anything noticeable on the valuation side? Yeah, it's, I think we are. I think that, um, again, it's, it's interesting because, of course, anything you have, you know, as we sit here in, in October, uh, anything you have under, you know, say, LOI now, yeah, you, know, you got to reverse to when that deal was priced. You know, when was the LOI negotiated? Um, so I think on in those areas, I absolutely agree that you know buyers are placing you know an increase increased scrutiny on issues that they find, and I think often the way that they can deal with those is perhaps through structure. I think that um, on things that we might be in the market now, again, I think where buyers are really spending a lot of time doing their diligence, and and this probably speaks to to some of the volatility of earnings over the last couple of years is a lot of it is I think commercial commercially focused and end market focused. So what what is driving that business? Um, is it an end market that has seen uh, you know what, what we always refer to of course as the COVID bump? Um, and is it sustainable? Or is it uh, is that COVID bump, if you will, something that is sustainable uh, because the pie has grown for everybody and you know, might be cyclically resistant. Um, so I, th- I think that, uh, you know, what you're finding is that buyers, um, you know, are really spending a lot of time at trying to understand if the market does soften or continues to soften, what is the impact on on the demand side of the business? Um, and, and really that, you know, that uncertainty is, you know, always tends to manifest itself. And of course, you know, either increased structuring, which I, th- I think we're seeing on a couple of deals or, you know, slightly more conservative valuations. So, I think we are seeing that. Um, I think in the in the lower mid market, 
we sometimes say, uh, you know, a five times deal, um, you know, is still a five times deal. So I still think there, you know, there are some of those, but for things that maybe through COVID would have traded at a, you know, at a significant premium, whether it's high single digits or, or double digit multiples, I think those are the ones that obviously buyers, you know, tend to, uh, you know, tend to scrutinize a little more to establish whether those premiums are sustainable. Ryan, you know, one of the things we've talked about is the fact that, you know, we continue to be busy in the middle market. Deal flow seems to be moving along in the sense that we still have sellers who want to sell. We still have buyers who want to buy. We still have banks that want to lend. Is that your experience today? Still, you know, your pipeline is good, your deal flow, your sense of activity uh, as we go through this kind of uncertain period with you know people talking about the r word and all have you noticed the shift in terms of activity volume where you're planning for the next six 12 months uh in your group yeah you know mario that's probably the interesting part in that you know we're going through that exercise right now of course as we you know go through q4 and, and thinking about uh you know what 2023 looks like and and of course you know you're always talking to you know, our bubble versus the market, if you will. But I think we've seen a ton of activity, you know, from a forward-looking pipeline perspective. So, you know, owners are still reaching out. Uh, relationships we have with owners are still kind of being pushed along. And, you know, I trace it back to a couple of things, uh, you know, and, and I know it's been brought up before on on another podcast. I mean, the impact of demographics uh, and of owners that need to find a solution is not going away. Uh, and, and I think another piece that we find is that that owners, I, th- I think there are a, a large majority of owners that are realistic that you know understand that uh, ultimately the uh, the right benchmark for valuation might not be the peak of of 2021, and that you know valuations are still holding up strong, you know historically. Um, and you know really it's all about context. And if there's a fair market deal that allows them to achieve their objectives. You know, they're not necessarily shying away from guidance we might be giving them that, uh, you know, that, hey, it's a slightly more uncertain market. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe there has been a, you know, a slight pullback in valuations, but still strong historically. And, and ultimately, um, you know, perhaps the, the stress of the last couple of years of being a business owner, which is kind of, you know, again, hit them from so many different directions, you know, has them, uh, has them still thinking about. You know, hey, this is uh, let, let's go to market. Let's see if we can, you know, find a solution. So I, I think we've been, uh, you know, when we compare what we have, um, you know, at our, our kind of early stage and mid stage pipelines uh, relative to to previous years, where I think we continue to be encouraged by the volume that we see, and and I think that's been reinforced from uh, discussions with others in the market that uh, that I obviously have on a on an ongoing basis. So you know, that's the, I think that's the glasses half full side, and uh, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, Ryan, we always ask our guests the kind of crystal ball question, uh, which is uh, you've kind of already started to kind of lean that way. So I'll lean even further into it, which is where do we see the future going in terms of activity? And we've talked a bit about it already, but want to get your perspective on, I mean, the kind of trends you're seeing, things you're looking out for at BDO, things you're planning for. Obviously, we all focus on the economic elements, but sectors, industries, spaces. I mean, you have such a diversified group and you're, you know, I know your group from the marketplace does everything from raise capital to tech to, you know, different industry verticals. Where are you kind of looking to the future as you kind of see uh, the trends for the mid-market, for deal activity, for your group? 
Yeah, it's a you know, it's your favorite question and always the hardest one for anybody to answer, right? <laughs> but but you know, I think what I remain encouraged by is, you know, there are larger than life forces in the sense of the importance of private capital, which of course, you know, drives our our market um in this context and the supply of businesses that, you know, require some sort of transition. To me, those are the two kind of prevailing forces that allow, you know, I think allow us to remain really encouraged about you know, where our market is going. I think that, you know, what we expect is we expect increased uncertainty. Um, I think that's a period of, you know, whether it's uh, 12 months, whether it's 18 months, whether it's 24 months, you know, again, I don't, uh, you know, that part probably I'm uh, a little more hesitant to to kind of put a, a stake in, but I think there's a period of uncertainty where things will continue. And, and what's required through that, I think what's required is uh, again, a more refined approach. And that's where, you know, some of the themes you mentioned, whether it's, you know, you need to understand the industry, you need to understand what sponsors active in that space, um, in that end market, and, you know, would, uh, would take a look at this, whose thesis does this asset fit with? Um, so I think it just reinforces the importance of going a layer deeper for clients, going a layer deeper for, you know, within the market. And that's what it's going to take. I think in some ways, in 2021, you know, again, and maybe nobody would readily admit this, but, uh, you know, but I will, um, you know, you, you could get away with delivering slightly less uh, because the market allowed you to do that. And I think that, you know, what we'll, we continue to reinforce in our group is the importance of quality and, and thoughtfulness as it relates to, you know, how we execute on a deal is just going to become more and more important, you know, through a period of uncertainty. But there's, you know, there remains opportunity and that part, you know, you have to get excited for one question I was hoping to scope with you because I know it's the same issue you're having at the accounting firms as we're having with all professional services and maybe even more for you is the uh, real struggle for human capital. And I know uh, well, obviously we've lost a lot of people in the law firms, but the accounting firms maybe even more. And, and your group is a, a real group that everybody targets just because of the skill set. So how are you managing the raids on talent and the ability to kind of find new talent? Because I know that's an issue that's been paramount. And obviously, it, it, to your point, it, it really makes it hard to um, keep up with the I mean, activity when, when you're continuously dealing with the human capital challenges. Uh, misery loves company with this one, right, Mario? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah. yeah no, listen, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's been a challenge that may perhaps has been uh, elevated. Uh, we all know that we're in a people business. Without, uh, without human capital, you can't execute. So... In some ways, I think it's really allowed us, you know, as a practice to to take a step back and try to, you know, I mean, people love to use the, you know, the buzzwords like the talent experience and, and things like that. But it, but it, you know, in all truthfulness, it has forced us to to reevaluate, um, you know, how we train, uh, how we onboard people, uh, the experience we give them, and what we realized at the core is, you know, th that's one of our core competencies. It always has been, and it needs to be even more so. You know, we just doubled down on uh, trying to cultivate, you know, again, an environment where people can come in, you know, like uh, like myself many years ago is, you know, an accountant, if you will, and, and ultimately become a, a deal practitioner through good training and good experience. And if you combine that, you know, kind of funnel from a human capital perspective with being willing to go out and 
you know, hire senior people that can provide kind of the mentorship and guidance. Again, I think that, uh, you know, you can't throw your hands up and say it's not a problem, you know, it's a problem you can't solve. You just have to focus on what tools do you have to, to give your, you know, your team and your practice the resources to continue to grow, uh, which we, we continue to believe that our practice has a, a ton of potential. And, and that's because of the market we sit in and, uh, and, you know, what we feel to be a kind of a growing pie for everybody. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I think it's been great to have you as a guest, especially at this particular time, given your, you know, your experience and your background working in the middle market for so many years. So thank you so much for, for being our guest today. Thanks very much, Mario. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to the, the look back episode where you replay everyone's crystal ball answer to see, uh, you know, who was right and who was wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> That's thanks, a good uh, idea. There, there you go. Well, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks again for having me.